0: come to quite a well-known passage from John chapter 15 um, and those verses from uh, verse 9 to the end. And the main theme is obviously love, and love, according to a, a Huffington Post article, top journalism, uh, is a word that is almost becoming devoid of any meaning. It is so overused by us. We overuse the word love. And the thing is, I know myself that, that I've been known to utter that I love a particular football club. What I really mean is that I, I like a football club a lot. And I like it even more when they win which unfortunately isn't as often as I would like. I've even been known to suggest when Elizabeth and I are out on a a date night that I really, really love these curly fries. I'm giving you an indication into the classy establishments that I take my wife uh, on date night, but unless I have this Unhealthy attachment or feeling to fried potato Then what I actually mean is that I really quite like the the taste of these curly fries You know we were looking last week at at love And what is required with love That it's far deeper and and more nuanced than, than just liking something a lot It means so much more and the thing is we could spend hours and hours talking and trying to figure out what, what love, true love, actually looks like. And thankfully we don't have to because we have this. We have God's word and the Bible is filled with love. People like to think of it as a book of judgment when it's a book of love. It shows us what it is what it looks like, what it requires of us, what it demands of us. And it's far more and deeper than just expressing a, a like for something. You know, I spoke last week about how love for me is far more than just a noun, that it's a, a verb, eh, or as I said, a, a doing word, as, as my teachers, uh, would have said to me at primary school. It's not just a warm, fuzzy feeling. But it's far more than that. It's an action. It's a, it's a doing thing. Things happen when we show love to one another. And our passage from John's Gospel illustrates this perfectly. Our reading comes on the back of Jesus speaking to his disciples and telling them that he is the true vine. And he speaks to these disciples as if they are the branches of that vine, that they need to remain united with him to be able to produce this fruit, this, this love, that he himself shows and exhibits. And one of the things that I love most when I'm reading um, of Jesus' teachings is how he uses the environment around him to use it as illustrations and examples to teach his disciples. And he illustrates so many important messages to us by pointing out the various things that are around them. You know, I've had the, the privilege of being able to walk around the places that Jesus and the disciples were So I'm able to picture in my mind of what it looks like as he's leading them through the gardens and through the the Sea of Galilee and things like that. It's wonderful. But I can almost imagine them as they've retired from the the busyness of life and they find themselves surrounded um, with all all of this vine around them. And it's at that point that Jesus sees it as a teaching moment. There's an opportunity for him to teach his disciples and he'll point to the vine to teach them of what true love actually is and how we can know it. That we must love one another just as much as he has loved us. And indeed, as we read in those very first words of the verse that John read out, just as the Father had loved Jesus first, it's no surprise that this particular passage has become synonymous with Remembrance Sunday and Remembrance Services, because it speaks of love as being sacrificial, that it's something that, that you're willing to, to do, and it requires a certain sacrifice. You know, He highlights that in verse 13, where Jesus says, no one has greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friend. And I can imagine the disciples are probably a little bit confused as to where Jesus is going with this. What, What is he getting at? You know, laying down your life for your friends seems quite an extreme thing to have to do to follow Jesus. It's not the point Jesus is trying to make. But that's precisely why we come here this morning to remember. To remember the the men and women who have paid the ultimate cost. Given their life, that we might be able to be free to live ours. Now here, Jesus is foretelling his death, his willing sacrifice for his friends. And as we read on, there's this indication that, that death isn't the end, though. That if the disciples remain in him and look to copy him, then they're no longer servants but friends. You know, verses 15 and 16, where Jesus says, I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant doesn't know what the master is doing. I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, not fruit that will perish, but fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name." There's this legacy that is set in motion as Jesus is speaking to his disciples. They're reminded that they've been told everything that Jesus has heard from the Father. They are the ones that are in the know, they are part of that, that inner circle. They've got the closest to Jesus. They're able to see who he is, what he does. And he's telling them, You need to copy what I do. You see. The love that I show you, you need to go and share that out in the world. Because I'm giving you these commands, in verse 17 it says, so that you may love one another. Again, we're reminded that this love is is more than a feeling. It's, It's an action. You have to go and do it. clearly right that we come here this morning to remember those who have given their lives in war. People who have given their lives for their friends, their family. People that they had never met. But we also come this morning to to remember as we do each and every Sunday, to remember a man who gave of his life so that we would never, ever be apart from God. You know, the sacrificial love of God shown to us through the the death of his son Jesus. You know, as I said earlier, this is Jesus foretelling his death, his willingness to be the sacrificial lamb for the world. And I believe there are three ways in which we can read this particular passage this morning. The first is we can read it just merely as Jesus highlighting the importance of of sacrifice um, and that he is willing to make that for his friends. That's all of us. We can read it as a command solely to his disciples. A teaching moment just for the disciples that they are to learn to copy him. That they are to go out into the world and to love one another. And that may require, or it may not, that they might have to lay down their lives for their friend. Or it's a mixture of both. And it also requires something of us in return. We might never, ever be called to make that ultimate sacrifice. The ultimate sacrifice of laying down our life for another person. And I hope and pray that that is the case. But we are still called to love one another sacrificially, that we are willing to make sacrifice. And I believe that it's this third way of reading the passage that is the correct one, that we need to make sure that we are willing to step into that legacy that was put into motion as Jesus is speaking to his disciples. That we get to play our part in that story. That just as the disciples were to look to Jesus and look to copy him and his willingness to sacrificially love his friends, that we too must copy that and go out into the world and do it. If we're to love one another, as Jesus did, it might not necessarily mean that we have to to lay down our life. But there are things that we can do to be able to exercise this sacrificial love. The first would be that we are willing to sit down with someone and listen to their struggles, really listen to them, to be that, that listening ear, at a time where we, we might want to go and watch the TV or play around with our phone, but we're willing to spend time with another person and really listen to them as they are going through their struggles. It might be that we are willing to go out of our way to help someone overcome their, their physical struggles. It might be that they, they need certain help But it might be in in practical ways, it might be they need help moving or they might need help going to the shops or various other things that we can do. It might be to a point where we are willing to encourage others to help themselves, Help themselves in situations that we can't actually do anything about. Because we do at times need to take personal responsibility, and that can be hard, to be willing to sit alongside someone who you think just isn't doing anything to help themselves. But are you willing to love them and sit alongside them and go through that to a point where they will eventually be able to help themselves? It might be that it's giving your time, your, your money, your talents, so that it benefits other people. And you might be saying as you're sitting there, well, Neil, I do that anyway at the moment. You may well do, and I hope that you are, and you're right, we should be doing all that stuff. But I know that I'd be lying if I said that I did it all the time. But we're called to sacrificially love others. And the reason that it's so difficult is that it's not a case of just doing this stuff when you feel like it or whether you're happy to do it. Because it's easy to do that. It's easy to help people that you like. So it's really easy to help people that, that look like you, that are the same as you, um, that think the same as you. But the thing is, we have to do this stuff all the time. All the time. And that includes when we ourselves might be tired, we might be frustrated with people. And equally it's with people that we maybe don't naturally gravitate to, but they may be looking to us to be Jesus' hands and feet or his ears, his mouth. These things are difficult. And that's why there's a certain element of sacrifice involved. There are things we might have to put to the side. I'm not suggesting that everyone goes out and runs themselves into the ground. That's not what God wants for any of us. But we are called to look to Jesus as our example. And he was willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice for his friends. And there are certain things that we need to sacrifice immediately. And that is we need to let go of our selfishness at times. I think that we all at times think the world revolves around us. Or is that just me? I'm seeing a few smiles, so I think that I'm not alone. And we maybe start to become selfish or our laziness, how easy it is to slump into the couch. I'll just watch one episode of whatever TV show you're binging. Next thing you know, it's four hours later, it's dark outside, and you're going to regret it the next again day because you're tired. Or it might be that we need to give up our prejudices, You know, I said it's easy to to love people that, that you like. It's easy to love people that are the same as you. Far more difficult to do it when they're different. And we're called to move past our prejudice too. We need to allow ourselves to focus on the needs of others. All in an effort to love them well. Just as Jesus has loved us. The thing is, we don't do it alone. You know, remember what Jesus says in verse 15. He says, I do not call you servants any longer. You are friends. And I've made known everything to you that the Father has made known to me. And we have the Holy Spirit that goes with us, helping to prompt us out of our laziness, out of our prejudice. But be under no illusions there will be times that you will struggle because I struggle and I'm not alone. We all struggle to love people in the way that Jesus loved. Might be times, as I say, that we become frustrated when people aren't helping themselves. Why should we bother? Well, Jesus was willing to bother with us and we're called to bother with others. We need to move past those kinds of thoughts. And by the, whole, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can surpass any expectations that we have of ourselves. We need to pray to God and ask Him to fill us to overfilling uh, with the Holy Spirit that will convict us of our prejudice and would help us to love sacrificially. We need to thank God for highlighting the things to us and also highlighting people and opportunities to show love well. And as I come to a close, it's important that it's not just out in the world that this sacrificial love needs to be exercised. It also needs to be here in the church. There are so many stories of anything but love. Whether it's what we hear of church leaders, whether it's factions within congregations, things that we read in the media, but we need to be showing love to to one another, because if we can't love each other here, how are we ever going to be able to love one another outside? You know, there is plenty of mocking of Christians. There is definitely, as we looked at last week, hatred and persecution. it's of high importance that we are showing this sacrificial love out into the world. So as we go from here into another week, having remembered the sacrifice that so many were willing to make that we might have a tomorrow, let's continue that legacy that was set in motion 2,000 years ago as Jesus sat down with his disciples in a vineyard. A legacy which was continued on throughout those two millennia. Till it reached the men and women who laid their lives down in military service. And may us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, be able to practice a sacrificial love each and every day of our lives. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful for the words and the example of Jesus. We pray that you would fill us with your Spirit, that we too can have the strength and conviction to practice a sacrificial love. We thank you for the opportunities that you provide us. And we offer this prayer in the name of our Lord and our Saviour Jesus. Amen.